Welcome to the Healthy Hustlers podcast, a series of healthy conversations with inspiring hustlers. I'm your host, Madeline Carafa. Today, I have the absolute pleasure of being joined on the microphones for a very healthy and soulful conversation with the divine Siana Elise. At just 25 years of age, Siana is one of the leading health influencers in our country. Combining her love and passion for yoga, meditation, and spirituality, while openly sharing her wisdom and knowledge with her loyal community of over 1.6 million. A golden gem that is shining her light so bright, Siana is the author of her new book, You Will Rise, which hit bookshelves nationwide this week, with the beautiful aim to connect, empower, and inspire us in our modern age. Siana chats freely about how she harnesses the power of masculine and feminine energies, what her spiritual practices look like, how she has embraced more stillness in 2020, and what that has taught her plus so, so much more. This conversation is incredibly nourishing and I hope it helps you feel present, grounded and fills up your cup as much as it did for me. Here's Sienna. This episode of The Healthy Hustlers is proudly brought to you by Upstate Live, Australia's number one live streaming studio awarded by ClassPass with unlimited access to over 120 live classes per week plus 100 on-demand classes with fresh, new and exciting workouts each week. Hello, Siana, and welcome to The Healthy Hustlers podcast. How are you today? I am amazing. Thank you for having me. How are you? I'm so good and I'm so excited to have you. I've been following you for so long now and you've been up to some very exciting things this year. So I'm super excited to be able to chat to you. We were both saying before we hit record just how crazy this year has been and we all know that. But I guess what is one self-care practice or ritual for you that you're really loving at the moment that's really helping to nurture your mind, body and soul? I think just conscious moments of gratitude. So not even necessarily writing down like things that I'm grateful for, one, two, three, four, five. No, like just in the moment, just taking a second or two just to close your eyes and take a couple of deep breaths. Yeah. Just give thanks for where we're at. Like obviously understanding that nothing at the moment is going to plan, but that's okay. And that it's all kind of unfolding divinely and that we are exactly where we're meant to be. And so I think, yeah, regardless of where you're at and what kind of chaos is going on, just looking within and being like, it's okay. What What is there to be thankful for in this moment in particular? Oh, I really like that. I find gratitude such a powerful practice and, you know, it's just such an amazing way to be able to shift you straight out of that negative mindset and to just focus on something good and the positives that you do have in your life. So I like that you are able to bring that throughout your every day instead of just sitting there and, and writing it down first thing in the morning or that. That's a really beautiful practice to have to to take it throughout the whole day. Yeah, I think so. And it's an easy way to integrate it too, because if you put it on your to-do list to like write a gratitude list, it takes away the actual intention of it or the spontaneity of it and being actually grateful for even the stupid little things. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny you say that because I actually woke up this morning. I've been waking up in a I guess, you know, we're still in lockdown at the moment while we're recording. So it's been kind of waking up at 
little bit of that feeling of Groundhog Day where it's just like, oh, here we go again. And a little bit. bit. Yeah. (laughs) And I actually woke up this morning and I thought, Maddie, switch to gratitude. And I just woke up and I was like, oh, thank you so much for that beautiful sleep. Like I'm actually waking up feeling refreshed. And it's just crazy the difference mindset that it puts you in instantly to start your day rather than that thought of like, here we go again, like another day in, in lockdown. When you say that you woke up and you're like, oh, thank you for that beautiful sleep. Like, I feel really refreshed. Were you speaking out loud to yourself? I love that. <laughs> I don't know if I was. I do speak out loud to myself, though. <laughs> I say this. And probably a um, probably big <laughs> chance I did. Um, it's really funny. And it's only a problem when you reply to yourself, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I know. Well, I have a um, I have a one-year-old daughter and so she obviously can't talk, but I talk to her all the time. And sometimes I'm like, I don't know if I'm talking to myself or her, her right now. So there's probably every chance I said it out loud. You're talking to yourself within her. Absolutely. We'll, we'll leave it with that. Yeah. So I'd love to know how you personally have really prioritized your health this year. I think it's been a beautiful blessing as an opportunity to take it slow. So a lot of the time and normally um, I travel a lot of the year pre-COVID. Yes. <laughs> um, and it's kind of been really amazing actually to be forced to withdraw from all of that stimulation that I'm normally surrounded with and that I normally submerge myself into and really just kind of sit with myself. And I think at first our want behavior, especially as a society in general now, um, with technology being where it is, is that we're not very comfortable with sitting without distraction or without entertainment of some sort. And so we reach for our phones, whether it's even just like a 30-second ride in an elevator, rather than smiling and striking up a conversation with another human, we would like look down at our phones and whether like you're actually looking at something or not, like an email or doing something productive or whether you're just scrolling through your newsfeed on Instagram, let's say. It's really easy just to kind of, to use that as a tool to distract yourself. And I've been using it to sit with myself. 2020 is a time to just sit and to, to breathe and to exist and to be and not expect anything to come up and not expect nothing to not come up as well. And so just be okay with whatever comes up and wherever I'm at. It's been really nice because I've learned so much about myself and the kind of things that, or the habits that I normally fill the space with. Mm, I love that. What would you say has been your greatest lesson or learning from that that time in this period? I guess the the quiet nature and the, the peaceful serenity in the nothingness. Like it doesn't have to be uncomfortable. And for a little while it is because you're so used to reaching for those distractions. But once you learn to sit with it and to just listen to your belly, like understand that your gut holds so much intelligence, our bodies hold so much innate natural intelligence, and it's always trying to communicate with us, but we normally are so numb to it because of all of the other things that we fill our lives with. Um, Yeah, so it's been a really big blessing to be able to come back to that. Yeah, I love that. I think that's so beautiful. And it's such, it's one of those things that we can totally take back into our normal life is just prioritizing those moments of stillness. And even it just gives you so much clarity as well. You know, sometimes we're so used to, especially if we work in those corporate environments or those really bigger businesses, bigger offices, like you're so used to being in that fight or flight stage that you are making decisions on the fly all the time without actually like feeling them or seeing how they feel to you. So yeah. I, re- I really love that. Is that something that you can see you'll be able to take into life again once it gets busy? 
Oh, 100%. I think everyone will. Like, I don't think that's an individual thing. I think that's a global collective lesson that needed to be learned and to be felt and understood. I encourage anyone who's listening, if they haven't given themselves time to exist without their phone, even just for like a night, really try to do that. And without Netflix, like you can still read a book or go have a bubble bath or give yourself like a self-massage, cover yourself in oil and take your time, just giving yourself a little bit of self-pleasure. Like it doesn't have to be anything abstract or completely outrageous or outgoing. It's those tiny little simple things that make you feel really good. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess what is one thing that people might not necessarily know about you? I guess being online and and having such a big presence online, people often assume that they know everything about you, but I'm sure there's, there's a few things or quirks about you that we don't know. What is one thing? I'm a pretty open book, to be honest. So that there isn't much that people don't know. And I guess that's kind of a blessing and a curse in in the industry that I'm in is that it does require a fair bit of transparency or it's, I guess, an opportunity to be transparent um, and Mm. to be able to connect with people in that way. Obviously, it's by choice, but I genuinely don't know if there's anything that people don't know much about me of. I used to do cheerleading like American style cheerleading really Um, (laughs) that's so funny I couldn't even imagine you doing that (laughs) yeah we we actually went to world in I think it was 2014 and we got seventh so oh my goodness what a cool experience how old were you then I think I was like 12 or 13 until 18 so for like six years that is so cool what an awesome experience (laughs) yeah it was pretty cool So I would love to chat though about your journey and how you discovered your love and passion for yoga and meditation. I didn't really discover it. It kind of came to me when I needed it most. So I went through really bad depression and anxiety in my mid to late teens. And I've been to a bunch of different psychologists, hypnotherapists, like you name it. (laughs) And I didn't really want to heal at the time. I mean, still in my late teens. So my parents were obviously really worried about me and wanted me to get the help and support that I needed. But you're not in that headspace going to be able to heal until you want to heal yourself. And I didn't want to because there's a sense of, it's like morbid comfort, I suppose. And there's like, you're familiar with with the darkness and it seems safe there, even though it's not. And so, yeah, I guess yoga and mindfulness kind of started to seep into my life through my own healing process and not intentionally. So it was kind of like, I actually found yoga through Instagram. I'd find random poses of people doing what I considered yoga, not that I knew anything about it. And I was curious as to whether or not I could do it. So growing up, I was really sporty. Our whole family was, and I did like gymnastics, Netball, surf life saving, aerobics, cheerleading, swimming. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh yeah, everything. Loved it. And getting depression, I stopped doing all the sports that I used to do. And you don't have the energy for it and you don't have the drive or the will or the passion. And getting out of bed's hard enough, let alone dragging yourself to like a sporting event where you have to put on a, a bright face for the people around you. And yes, yeah, so I just kind of stopped doing them. And then I moved to Queensland when I was 18 and I, I found that I missed doing sport. Like I remembered how good it felt in my body to move and the release of endorphins and just just feeling, I don't know, abundant and healthy and thriving. So I, I miss that feeling of vibrancy within myself. And so I started 
taking long walks slash like jogs, I guess, um, most days. And I started trying these yoga poses. So at the time I was studying photojournalism at uni and I would go to the beach every morning at like 4.30 a.m. because the sunrise is so early in Queensland. And I would take, yeah, like self-timed photos on the beach of these yoga poses that I found and I would try them. Some I could do, some I couldn't, and then I'd work on them. And then I guess I started getting offers to teach retreats and to take classes and stuff. And I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Like, this can't be right. So I decided to do my teacher training, my yoga teacher training, uh, 200 hour, which is the initial teacher training that you need to be able to teach in Australia or to be certified and registered as a teacher. And that's where I learned what yoga really was and about the philosophy and the depth of it. And I realized how much I didn't know in a humbling way and how much space that created for me to be able to fill and to learn and to continue journeying through. So that's kind of been the process ever since. Oh, wow. And I guess you, you know, you've already mentioned it, but you really don't shy away from your experience in your teenage years with bullying and and anxiety. Can you shed a bit more light on that just from, you know, as a young girl, how did you really navigate that and become more stronger and resilient from it? At the time it was, incredibly hard. So looking back, it's easy to talk about as I'm separate from it now. Yeah. But I think it's really important to understand that if you are going through something like that, it's okay. Like don't feel the need to to think that you need to heal right now and understand that it's a process and that, that it is a journey, but it's a beautiful journey and it will be chaotic and it will be messy and completely out of your control sometimes and that's all right because that's a hot like that's a part of it and if you know someone who's going through that give them time and space to heal and I think that was one of the most important parts of my healing process um, or something that really helped me was the support of family and friends and loved ones and not them trying to help me or change me or do something for me just knowing that they were there Like just, it was the unspoken presence and awareness that they held for me unshakingly. Like I I knew that I could count on them no matter what. And so I think a support, healthy support system around you and having, even if it's just one person that you can talk to, whether it be a professional psychologist, whether it be a family member um, or a friend, just having someone that you can talk to. And then I think writing as well or any kind of creative arts is really therapeutic because moving out of your masculine energy and the drive and the go-go kind of mentality and into your your feminine nurturing state is where the, the real healing journey actually begins and you can start to thrive. And you remember slowly but surely what it feels like to be able to genuinely laugh again and to be fully present in a conversation with someone rather than off with the pixies or or just completely numb to the world. And how do you personally switch from that masculine energy to that femme energy? Because I I feel like people are usually dominated or I, personally I know I'm always dominated by one. Um, so, and I recently did an episode with my girlfriend, um, Tegan on this topic and yeah, I find it quite interesting to find ways of how different people go from that masculine to feminine energy. 
I think it's very different for everyone. So there's no right or wrong. So it's not like masculine's wrong if you're a woman. It's about understanding that we're we're beings of complexity and duality and that we have all of these things within us and that's beautiful and they, they're there to serve us. So at different stages in our life and even different moments during the day, we'll be more into one energy than the other, whether it be your masculine energy for productivity and for business um, or your feminine energy for creation. And yeah, like for me, it's the little things. It's all, it always comes back to the little things, doesn't it? So just like taking your hands on top of your heart and closing your eyes and listening to your heart space. So whether it be physically connecting to the heartbeat out of your chest or just having a conversation with your heart and your soul and being like, how are you feeling today actually and giving it space to talk? Whether it be having a warm shower or bath and lighting a candle or some incense and filling your your being with like some kind of floral scent and something that brings you back to the sensations, I think is a really good way to step back into, into your feminine nature. Being outdoors in nature, like being with source, herself it's impossible to to not feel grounded within your feminine nature so whether it be surfing something with the ocean anything water related is more feminine so whether you're yeah just going for a swim in the ocean or a lake um hiking in nature anything outdoorsy getting some sunshine getting artsy like when was the last time that you got your hands dirty and I don't know gardened or like finger painting so therapeutic and healing or like made some clay like or play-doh even it doesn't have to be clay anything that you find writing journaling reading yeah I think we all know what makes us feel within our feminine nature and if you think about it there'll be a certain one or two things probably that you most call to and so I think it's about learning what those are for you and knowing that you can go back to that. But then those aren't the only two options that you can explore and that there's infinite op- options. Yeah, absolutely. And it's almost about like having awareness in those moments as well, like that this is bringing about joy or, you know, the sensations that it's bringing about for you when you're doing those things. Like if you are journaling or finger painting or whatever, really tapping into the feelings and emotions that that's bringing about for you and having the awareness of what they're creating. I think yeah. that definitely helps helps then next time as well if you're kind of switching between those energies or you know trying to cultivate more femme energy um, it definitely helps to kind of know how to do that a little bit quicker yeah and likewise doing it the other way as well so noticing when you do feel like stressed or anxious or within your masculine energy and being like oh that's interesting and even exploring where you're holding that energy in your body Mm. like maybe shoulders and you're more hunched over or yeah, like opening up your heart space physically and drawing your shoulders down your spine and just opening up and being present and being like, okay, here I am. I I can choose to shift out of whatever energy I'm in just by choice. Yeah, I love that. It's such an interesting topic. It's something I'm so fascinated in. And I won't lie, it's probably, it's been a bit of a game changer for me is really understanding those energies a little bit more and coming from a corporate background where I was in that masculine, more, you know, go, go, go hustler energy all the time and then starting my own business and still staying in that to then becoming a mum and like, you know, you're just in your feminine energy 24 seven. And so now having the opposite where I'm finding it really hard, you know, for working part-time, finding it really hard to sometimes get out of that feminine energy and more into that go-getter. So I know when I've spoken about it on the podcast before, people were really interested in it, which is why I, why I asked you a bit more about it. So thank you so much for sharing that. I know the audience will get a lot out of that. 
No, of course. Thank you. And I have a question for you on that topic. Putting you on the spot. Yeah, I know. Here we go. <laughs> oh, I'm nervous. No, I have um I have a couple of girlfriends who have recently had kids like within the last year. And they've said that it, it honestly feels like a death of the woman that you were before. Is that do you think related to the masculine feminine thing? Like do, does it feel yeah. somehow related to the fact that it feels more impossible to be We'll be right back after this healthy break. Are you looking for a boost of happiness and connection? Then come and join me and let's sweat it out together with Upstate's live on-demand classes. Designed to fit into any lifestyle, Upstate Live is Australia's number one live streaming studio awarded by ClassPass with unlimited access to over 120 live classes per week plus 100 on-demand classes with fresh, new and exciting workouts each week. Give your body the endorphin-inducing workout it deserves with their boxing or hit classes or nourish the mind and soul with Pilates, yoga and meditation. Each session is just 28 minutes designed to fit into any lifestyle and Upstate kindly offers a free 14-day trial. So what are you waiting for? Come and join me and hundreds of others as we sweat it out together and get the boost of happiness and connection we are all craving. Click the link in the show notes or visit www.upstatestudios.com.au and sign up today. I spoke about this actually on a podcast not long ago, but there's almost these moments of really grieving your your previous self or your, you know, for me, it is that really grieving that that go-getter, that hustler in me. And although I can still hustle, it's a very different very structured, very this is your allocated time and go, go, go. It's not like grab your computer whenever you feel motivated to. Oh, yeah, yeah, so it is. It's um, It's been a huge, huge growth for me personally, to be honest, of really surrendering to what motherhood actually is and to what my baby needs and to just being comfortable with that and really letting go of the control, which has been nice to really be able to understand my feminine energy more and let that nurturing side of me come out because there's so many powerful elements and and beautiful things that come from that energy that I had probably never really, I guess, grabbed hold of or utilized. So, yeah, I hope that kind of answers. But yeah, it definitely is a it's a crazy stage. And I think you underestimate it a lot as women because we see women do it every day and it's such a natural, normal part of our life is that you become a mum one day or you, you know, you have plans to. Most women do. And so you just underestimate the actual intensity and and the life change of it. Like it literally completely changes your life. <laughs> Yeah, I have so much to look forward to grieving one day. <laughs> Seriously. But it, it's it's funny because you are like you're grieving this one side of you, but then there's this whole new side of you that almost unlocks and you uncover and, and you're it's definitely been the biggest growth for me, I think, since you know, starting my own business and there's a lot of growth in that and understanding myself, this is like a whole new area. So it's just as exciting. It's just a completely different ball game. <laughs> yeah. Well, they say there's like the three phases of a woman's life is like maidenhood, motherhood and like the crone or sage phase. So I guess, I guess that's just moving from one to the other. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So hopefully that answered that for you. They have never been asked a question on my own podcast. <laughs> I love it. 
Um, I do really want to talk to you about self-love though, because I know you are such a huge advocate for this. What does it actually mean to you? Well, a couple of things. Connection is probably vital. Connection to yourself first and foremost, but understanding within that there is connection to source and something far greater, um, to the creator, to God, to whatever you want to call it. Yeah, there is something out of our control because it's far greater than we can ever even comprehend than humans will ever even be able to comprehend. And then connection to others as well and understanding how they're all interacting, like interacting within one another. So I think, yeah, connection to yourself, source and others um, is really important. Yeah, I love that. What would you say three things someone, like with all those areas, what are three ways that people could inject those into their daily life to cultivate some more self-love? I think just prioritizing that um, and having it in the back of your head. So when you wake up being like, what do I want to do today? What do I get to do today? And how can I integrate those things into my day. So how am I going to connect to myself? How am I going to connect to source? Can I go for a walk? Can I get out in nature, um, go for a swim, just sit in the sunshine for 10 minutes on your lunch break and enjoy just being again, rather than just being on your phone. Yeah. Connection to yourself ahead of that is like whatever you choose it to be whether it be, yeah, self-massage, your yoga practice, some kind of workout or activity, something that brings you into your physical body and into the sensations that you can feel. And then connection to others. How am I going to be fully present in the connections and the communications that I do have with other people today in the interactions that I share? How can I be more present in a conversation? How can I listen more than I speak? I love that. Yeah, that's awesome. And what does your personal spiritual practice look like? Are you able to share a little bit of light on that? I can, of course. (laughs) Like I said, I'm an open book, but it's different every day. So sometimes my personal spiritual connection or practices looks like a bunch of different things, like waking up early, connecting to the sunrise, taking your shoes off, walking barefoot, either on the earth, on the grass, on the sand, um, going for a swim, getting nice and salty, and then taking care of yourself because I think that's a really important and probably neglected part or overlooked part of your spiritual practice is care for yourself, santosha and cleanliness. And it's it's one of the parts of yoga that you're taught. Um, but even being a yoga teacher, we often overlook it as well because you do get in a different headspace and you just you forget about the things like that. And then it's it takes a profound moment or experience sometimes to bring you back to to those smaller things and to be like none of the other stuff even matters. Yeah. Um yeah, meditation is huge for me and drinking lots of water, staying hydrated and just eating clean, healthy, nourishing foods, things that you know are going to help to heal you rather than to hurt you. And I think that's something that I've been practicing lately is to to look at the things that I'm consuming, not even just in terms of my diet, but you consume social media, you consume the people that you're around, like your body absorbs it all. We're really fragile, sensitive beings and we absorb it all. We're like little spiritual sponges. And so it's important to understand how everything that is around you affects you, even on a subtle energy shift level, and to be able to make decisions about what you choose to surround yourself with and whether some things are maybe a little bit more toxic um, than they are healing and then being able to 
to take a step back and, and maybe shift away from some of those things. So whether it even be toxic relationships, I think that's a big one. Knowing when you're around people, whether they're more draining or whether they help to feel, uh, to help you to feel supported and uplifted and energized. Cause it, it's really hard. Like when, especially if you've been in a friendship or relationship with someone for so long and you start to realize that actually maybe it's not a balanced relationship and that they take more than they give from me, whether it just mm. be energetically or physically. And that's okay. It doesn't, you don't have to completely separate yourself from that person and be like, Hey, we can't be friends anymore, but just keeping yourself as a priority and your energy is a priority and having a limit or setting clear boundaries, even just for yourself, knowing when is enough and when you need to get yeah, to step away for a moment. I'm so glad that you touched on all of that because I think, well, two things. Firstly, I think some people can hear spiritual or spiritual practice and think it's all a bit woo-woo and, and you know, and, and they're not into it. And two, I also think that sometimes we get caught up in thinking that, you know, good health is just about the food we eat and exercise when, you know, really having a really strong spiritual practice is so important for our overall health, just like you know, and all of those things that you touched on are so, so important for our overall health and well-being. you know, just as important as, as the food that we are putting in our body. So I think they were some really great, you know, tips and things for people to, to actually have a look at in their own life and to start putting awareness around of, you know, what energy is this taking from me? Am I feeling good and vibrant when I'm doing X, Y, and Z or around this person or consuming that stuff online? So I think bringing that awareness to those activities and, and showing that all of that actually contributes to our overall health is so important yeah and then just adapting accordingly yeah absolutely so I would love to chat though about daily routines and you know how do you use your daily routine to thrive I think it is in the spiritual side um so like you said I think a lot of people do hear the word spiritual and they do think it's a little bit woo-woo and they're like oh that's not for me no thanks I'm, I'm tuning out but spiritual is just short or a longer form of spirit and we all have spirit within us it's like it's the life force within us it's like that's what keeps us thriving and alive it's spirit it's just yeah it's like the subtle energies within us so we all have it whether or not we can accept that or whether we're willing to I don't know entertain the notion or the idea of it is is something different but yeah it's all in those little connections I guess to the universe which probably sounds really hippie to everyone, but as a yoga teacher um, and as someone who has yoga in their daily life, it is like that, like it's so important. So anything that's grounding and helps me to connect more to myself and more to my own life force, um, breath work, pranayama, meditation, yoga, journaling, writing, creation, having really meaningful and deep connections and conversations with other people like this, like talking about really important things rather than just, oh, how was your day? Yeah, the sky's blue. <laughs> what do you want for dinner? And giving space for each other and other people to be fully vulnerable. I think there's so, like, there's so much power in vulnerability. Who says that? Is it Brene Brown? Or- yes. Yeah, I'm actually um, I'm actually listening to that on Audible at the moment, Power of Vulnerability. Oh, she's great, isn't she? <laughs> she's amazing. Oh, my goodness. You just kind of want to highlight everything that she says, but then you realize that it's audible. And you- yeah. 
You know, that's the one reason I actually never usually listen to books on Audible because I'm such a like, I like going back to the pages and highlighting and writing notes. Like I'm so old school like that and just love more so visual. Right. Yeah, whether <laughs> I found on all the pages and yeah. <laughs> So I'm exactly the same. So I must say I'm not, it's not as great on Audible, but that's okay. (laughs) It's still amazing. Yeah. I love what she speaks about. She's so powerful. It's humbling though, to remember that you're, you're going to remember the things that you need to integrate. Yes. So regardless of whether you highlight them or not, that's just like our little inner control freaks, which we all have. I'm definitely not separate from that. I love a little bit of control here and there. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Wanting to like remember things when it's like no if it's important then the heart well, the heart will always remember what it needs to so so true you know I love that we're speaking about this because I think you know especially the time that we are in right now I think you know if people are listening and they don't have a spiritual practice yet or, or have that connection to the universe I can just not speak more highly of how profound it is and how much it can really change your life is just having that greater belief that there is something much stronger and wiser key supporting and guiding us and that we are all where we are exactly meant to be and that things are playing out the way that we are. I think it's there's so much less anxiety and fear around the future when you do just wholeheartedly believe like that. Yeah, it's, it's a divine surrender, isn't it? It's letting go of the expectation and the control of your own life um, and understanding that I don't think surrendering is giving up. I think surrendering is a humbling or graceful opening and learning. Yes. And mm-hmm. yeah, when you when you realize that you're so interconnected to everything and that you're not separate um, and that you're so small and insignificant in a humbling way, yeah, I think that's the best. So 100% agree. Yeah. I think learning the power of being able to surrender this year has been the greatest lesson by far for me. I really challenge everyone to kind of not I don't want to say try it that's not the that's not the word but just be yeah. more open more open to surrendering to your situations instead of that you know that real illusion of trying to control things that we actually can't yeah and just noticing when you're in a moment of like chaos or stress or feeling overwhelmed and inundated with a bunch of stuff just being like okay if I let this go right now is it going to actually change the situation mm-hmm yeah, and probably not like it, the stress part that you're feeling probably isn't changing or adding anything to the situation except for stress and negativity exactly. and discomfort. And so learning to just, yeah, release that, it's yeah. the best. <laughs> Absolutely. it's so. And this is like such a, a minor one, but like even just before <laughs> we were hitting record, um, I was like trying to make something to eat. And of course I like dropped four things out of the fridge and like the olives went everywhere on the ground. And I was just like, in this moment, Maddie, you can either get super frustrated or you can just have a little giggle and think, oh, of course that happens today when I'm in a rush. This is just teaching me to be more planned and more organized. And I think just taking those little moments to just be like, okay, what's the lesson in this? Like, how can I, how can I be better at this tomorrow? It's not going to change my day. The fact that the olives have fallen all over the ground, I'm still going to get my recording done. So it's easy, even just those really simple things that we can so we can allow those things to fully take control and manifest into bigger things throughout the day if we take the wrong approach. So they're just little ways that I'm finding, you know, of letting go of that control as well. They're so simple, but it, it changes the, you know, the end of the day result really. Yeah. Yeah. Even just the way that you said, 
like you were talking to yourself about it, whether or not that's out loud or not. But I think that's a really important thing is to separate yourself from it by talking in third person about yourself, which sounds kind of weird. But when you're going through something or you're experiencing something, noticing what comes up and just being like, oh, like, for example, I'd be like, oh, Sienna's feeling anxious. That's interesting. All that. And so it, it, it separates you from the feeling and from the sensation and then you you can be witness to it um, and therefore you know that you're not it and that it yes. isn't a part of just something that you're experiencing and it's so much easier to get out of it. I love that so much. It's so true. I really want to talk about your new book though before we finish this chat. Tell me all about it. What can the readers expect from You Will Rise? I am so excited for this. It's been seven years in the making. Seven years? So so long. (laughs) It's honestly just like an insight into my journal. It is by far, I'm a very open person, but this is by far the most vulnerable thing that I have ever shared. And it's exhilarating and liberating to feel that and to be able to do it because of the reaction and the way that I know it resonates with so many people. Um, And so, yeah, it is, it's just, it's like the most vulnerable thing you can think of doing yourself. Imagine doing that and how like exciting and tantalizing that would be. Um, (laughs) It is just, it's the raw parts of being human. So there's everything in it from like love, lust, grief, loss, heartbreak, like the most happy and high moments, pure joy bubbling out of you and then the deepest depths of depression and recovery and all the different shifts and changes that we experience as humans. And I think that's, that is what I wanted it to be. I wanted that to be something in there for everyone, um, regardless of where you're at. And so one of my favorite things to do with it, it's, it's a poetry and photography book. If, if anyone doesn't know, um, it's a hardcover 328 page and available September 29th officially, but it is already available for pre-sale by the time we recorded this podcast anyway. Yeah. And it's the perfect, I guess, like tabletop book because you can refer back to it for one poem um, at a time, or you can go deep dive and just read it cover to cover and you will always get out of it something that will resonate really deeply. So I just wanted it to be like, I don't know, a, a big sister almost for anyone who reads it, knowing that they're, they're seen, they're held um, and that they're supported in their journey and a little bit of reassurance that they can hold support and, and learn to love themselves again. Oh my goodness. I love it so much. I'm seriously so, so excited to read it. I think I'm going to go just deep dive straight in and go front to back. But I think the thing that I love about books like that is that I often find when you feel so connected to a book or a person and, you know, with yourself being someone who is online and has such a dedicated and loyal following, having that connection to you and then just being able to pick up that book and open it at any page, I swear you always get the message that you need. Um, yep. So I'm really excited to have that as my little my little best friend when I need it. So thank you so much. You know, how did it feel being that vulnerable? Great, to be honest, like surprisingly good because I know from experience how helpful and healing it is not just to yourself to be able to express completely unapologetically and unfiltered, 
but for other people to be able to see and witness that and to be able to integrate it into their own being, it gives them permission to be just as vulnerable and therefore just as powerful within their self and their own essence. Yeah, I love that. How would you, I guess, for anyone who's new to this or who hasn't been as vulnerable in the past, how did you first become comfortable with really opening up about your strengths and your weaknesses and everything in between? I don't know whether it was a radical moment, like 10 seconds of insane courage of just, okay, I'm just going to share this because I don't know, I want to, I'm intrigued by it. I feel called to, I don't know what it was or whether it was a really slow unfolding, like a a slow blooming, I suppose, years in the making. And I, I don't know yet whether I'll look back in five or 10 years time and feel like it actually wasn't vulnerable at all. And that the ego was still hiding things. I I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Like I yeah. feel like it's a constant evolution of a soul and its journey. And so this is the most transparent that I could possibly be in this moment. But mm. I, I think, yeah, the expectation I think ruins it for, for a lot of people. So not expecting yourself to be able to just be vulnerable. Yeah. Because it's okay if that isn't your nature. Like if you are more... In, well, I mean, I'm an introvert, but if you are more private, I suppose, or you like to process things more internally rather than share them, I think that's just as extraordinary. Mm. I think it's, yeah, I feel like it's more about just being vulnerable with yourself rather than the way that you share or don't share that with other people necessarily. Yeah, I love that. And I love that you touched on the ego because I think sometimes that's, one of the hardest things to understand is, is this me being vulnerable and, or is there a part of ego here? That's something I'm constantly questioning myself. Is this ego or where does this sit? Where does this play? Yeah. And saying it out loud to yourself in third person. Yeah, always. (laughs) It is. It's so true. Oh, thank you so much for joining me today. I've absolutely loved our chat. So, so beautiful. You are just such a wealth of knowledge. Um, and I cannot believe that you've already written a book and just have such an incredible career. You should be so, so proud of yourself and all the things that you are achieving and the light that you're bringing to this world. Likewise. Thank you so much for having me on here and for all the the happiness and the the knowledge and the wisdom and just the light and love that you share with the world as well. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please hit the subscribe button and leave a five-star review. For any products mentioned in today's show, please check the show notes below and hit the direct links. If you'd like to suggest a future guest, please follow at The Healthy Hustlers on Instagram and send through a direct message. Until next week, don't forget to invest in you.